this is Jude Knoll, and you're listening to the Norse Up Podcast, a production for NKU by NKU to highlight the expertise of our university's faculty and staff. Joining me as usual is my co-host Clayton Castle. Today we're chatting with NKU physics professor Dr. Scott Nutter about the Tigris Project, an experiment that will be conducted at NKU and five other universities in order to understand the relationship between stellar processes like supernovas and the elements that they produce. Dr. Nutter is a Regents Professor of Physics and an astrophysicist who has collaborated with NASA for three decades. He has been a member of the NKU community since 2001 and has made multiple expeditions to Antarctica to study cosmic rays. Dr. Nutter, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. Let's just start off very generally. What got you interested in astrophysics? It was a bit of a chance uh, thing. When I was a graduate student... I needed a project, and I had always been interested in high-energy physics and the equipment that goes along with that, and in fact, spent a summer at CERN. But when I came back, that project had been canceled, and one of my other faculty, my, my professors, said, would you be interested in this project over here? And from there on, here I am. So that was in 1987 when that started. So happenstance, I think, got me interested in <laughs> cosmic rays, but it's, it's been pure love ever since. And your study of cosmic rays has taken you to, like we said in the intro of the episode, to Antarctica in the past. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how your research with balloons has sort of yeah. taken you there? So you have to get into space to study cosmic rays because they're, they're cosmic. They come from outside the Earth. And there's a few different ways of doing that. Uh, you can go on a rocket. You can go on a high-altitude balloon. Or you can go to the space station and just sit, right? And we'll talk about that third one later on the, the uh, balloon option is sort of a better, faster, cheaper version that NASA implemented. And a lot of experiments that are starting off trying to refine how they work, what they, you know, testing what they can measure, use the high altitude balloons. Why Antarctica? Antarctica uh, is in the middle of nowhere. And that's good because sometimes these things fail. These balloons fail and the packages come falling down and you don't want to hit something or somebody. Um, the other reason is uh, very interesting. It turns out that at the altitudes where these balloons sit, 110,000 feet, winds blow to the east or to the west, the polar vertex. Mm. Vortex, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and when you send a balloon up, it goes around down there, and about 10 to 15 days later, you look up and there it is again. <laughs> so you get nice flights that come back about where you started from. It's around the world in 10 or 15 days. <laughs> So one of the big reasons we want to have you on the podcast is because we recently announced that NKU, particularly you, uh, were approved for a project with NASA to, well, it's called the Tigris Project. And so could you just give us a brief overview of what the Tigris Project is and what the acronym in it stands for? Sure. Tigris is Tiger on the ISS. And Tiger was the very first experiment that looked at the science of Tigris, followed by Super Tiger, we, we love our names, <laughs> and now Tigris. And the science of Tigris, as it was for the other ones, was try to measure the heaviest elements in the cosmic rays and understand a little bit how the galaxy creates and distributes new matter created in the hearts of massive stars. Yeah, and so can you tell us a little bit about how uh, these massive stars form new matter and how you know the research in Tigris sort of furthers that research? Let's, let's step back a little bit. In the beginning, there was hydrogen and helium and very little else. 
everything that's created that that we know and love that we see here on earth very commonly like carbon and nitrogen and oxygen and iron and all those things was created in the hearts of stars massive stars and then sprayed back out into the galaxy by supernova where they eventually coalesced into other planets and solar systems like ours from our understanding your job is to simulate the instrument virtually here the tigris instrument or the tiger the instrument used for the Tigris project. Um, how does that work and how does it compare to what the real telescope will do in the future? That's a really good question. Simulating an instrument is a standard part of any high energy physics project. Uh, the response of a project depends on where your detectors are, how well they respond to high energy particles going through them, a lot of variables. And the simulation part allows you to understand the response of your instrument in various ways of that. Now, that's not replacing real data. Real data actually tells you how many of what you'll get. But each what, you'll say, oh, it's going to look like this. This is its signature in our detector. So uh, that's some of the questions that I can answer here on Earth, even before the instrument goes up into space. And so, um, is this something that you'd like to get students involved with in the future, if you can? Absolutely. Students have always been an integral part of my research work, and they've made some uh, very valuable contributions. Um, I've got one student right now who's uh, just starting off. There's a lot of training, as you can imagine, to learn the special software associated with, with simulations and high-energy physics. But he's gung-ho, and he'll be... Uh, working on that, and I hope that there'll be several more students as well. And uh, so why study cosmic rays? Ha, that's a really good question too. Yeah, so what is it about these things? What a name, cosmic rays, right? Rays is what people gave the name to anything that was radiation back in the early 1900s, and cosmic means that it didn't come from Earth, it came from out there. So cosmic rays are an, uh, an opportunity to understand what's going on outside the solar system in a way that actually directly looks at matter, pieces of material, matter from outside the solar system. It's not like there's a, um, an asteroid or something coming from outside the solar system. It's individual elements, you know, just the nucleus of an iron or a nucleus of a copper or a nucleus of a helium or a hydrogen atom. That's what a cosmic ray is. And understanding what they consist of tell us something about how the galaxy is creating new matter in the hearts of those massive stars and other places, and how it's redistributing it so that new solar systems like ours can be formed. And how long is the Tigris project, or at least the part that's going to take place at NKU, going to last? So NASA has approved Tigris as a five-year project at this point. We hope to extend that. That five years consists of four years of finalizing the design. Right now, it's a mostly a conceptual design. Uh, fabricating, integrating, and testing the instrument, characterizing its response, comparing it to simulations. That's where I come in. And then after about four years, we hope that we're ready to send it up to the space station for a year of operation which at the end of it, if all goes well and we're able to produce good science, we'll leave it up there as long as they'll continue to let us. So I said in, in the cores of massive stars, the fusion process uh, can extract energy through iron. 
your research concerns the creation of elements heavier than that. Um, tell me a little bit about what you know you would like to get from that research and what the implications of that are. Wow, that was really well phrased for a complicated subject. That was that was <laughs> that's what I was writing before I started this. I just wanted to make sure it like no, that was spot on. Okay. So yeah, I mean, if you are happy with the way you asked it, let's just move right on. Okay. Yeah. So ha. Huh. You're absolutely right. Only elements through iron are readily created in the hearts of these stars because fusion, the fusion process, burning helium essentially into heavier elements only gives off energy until you reach iron. How do you get elements heavier than iron? Well, there's a couple processes. One's called rapid, one's called slow that happen in the the very deepest core of the star before it goes supernova. But once it goes supernova, you know, that stops. And um, the reason that Tigris was approved is because Super Tiger gave hints that there's science beyond just an understanding that supernova are the only producers of new elements out there. There's some other possibilities. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> uh, binary neutron star mergers. That was the big phrase, right? Uh, B-N-S-M. So we really just got approval for this project. So the project hasn't really, so to speak, taken off yet. Um, or has it? What? Where are we now in the project? And what is coming up in the next, let's just say, year or two? At this point... I haven't even received my funding yet that NASA has <laughs> promised, so I can't even pay my students yet. But I have started work uh, with my students, and we are upgrading the computer equipment, for example, the operating systems, simple things like that. But I've written sort of a toy model with uh, an initial one of the initial geometries that we're playing with for Tigris and presented some results to my collaborators. And waiting for feedback from that, and I'm going to push on them. In fact, we have weekly meetings where we discuss what's going on, and there's a lot to discuss at this point. Just real quick, and I guess this we can wrap up with this. You know, we look at the headline of this press release or this news story, and you see NASA and you see NKU in the same headline. What's it like for you as a professor here at NKU? What what does this project mean for? A university like NKU, you know, we're not a big research institution um, like, you know, like a MIT or a Penn State, but we are, a, a, you know, just here in Northern Kentucky. Why is this uh, important for Northern Kentucky University? Wow, you're making me think of something that I haven't thought of before. Why is this important for NKU? I've always thought, well, it's important for me and my students, right? Uh, but I think it gives four-year institutions everywhere credibility that they have perfectly capable faculty if they're given a chance. I've been, I've, I've worked really hard to maintain uh, my, my contacts with my collaborators, to continue to um, contribute to various NASA projects so that they will continue to turn towards me and ask me to join them in new projects. And this time it's really paid off. A five-year project is a big deal going to the space station. And talk a little bit about those collaborators. We're one of, correct me if I'm wrong, five institutions on this project or six? 
Well, you're going to have to make me count again. <laughs> but um, let's see. Uh, Penn State University, you mentioned University of Maryland, Baltimore. Um, there's Howard University. Uh, the NASA institution is Goddard uh, in Greenbelt, Maryland. And there's Washington University of St. Louis, which is where the principal investigator, PI, is from. He's the main guy who's responsible to NASA. I'm glad it's him and not me. <laughs> I think that's five total. Yep. Is there anything else that we are missing or any other information that you want to give about the Tigris project that we may not have covered? Well, we could spend a long time getting into the nitty gritty of what goes on with cosmic rays and the heavier elements and binary neutron star mergers. But I think we'll just save that for some other podcasts. Yeah. I mean, I have a feeling the longer this podcast goes, we'll have repeat guests. So in the next year, you'll have we'll have to have you on every year to give us an update on, on this project. That would be awesome. You know where to find me. <laughs> well, this has been Dr. Scott Nutter, Regents Professor here at Northern Kentucky University. And you have been listening to the NORSEP podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I believe we're currently on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and SoundCloud. So be sure to like and subscribe there. Go back and listen to previous episodes. We have some exciting episodes coming up as well. And as always, Norse up. Norse up.